0: now now we're recording so hello internet welcome to the mind vector podcast this is going to be our pilot episode so this will be our uh introductory episode and we're just going to explain a little bit about ourselves talk about our perspective so
1: talk about who we are and why we're here
0: yeah exactly so and we thought that a good intro topic would be things that or any type of ideology we were exposed to that kind of changed our way of looking at the world for better or the worse. So, you know, it's a double edged sword. So uh what were you saying? Uh I guess I don't know, what would you say like help unplugged you in some degree?
1: Pretty pretty much it was the twenty sixteen election.
0: Yeah, I think that did it for a lot of people. That was
1: like a big awakening for me politically, because previously I didn't really give a shit about politics. So that kind of led me down a rabbit hole of finding the truth about just anything and everything. Just through that, that means of discovering who who the fuck am I going to vote for?
0: Yeah, I I know for me, like I had a complete uh, 180 politically. I would say that when I was younger, I, I pretty much kind of identified as politically apathetic, <laughs> I meaning I really didn't care. Um, when I was younger, I, and I, I think it's common for a lot of people, like uh, you tend to kind of drift towards left-leaning ideas because they sound good. They sound like, you know, emotionally charged and things like that. It's like, you know, well, why should we have borders? Do we, do we need money? You know? Can we all just be nice and just live in the utopia <laughs> so and yeah
1: it's more it's more the it's more of the sexy stuff, you know, like the things that people would be interested in because I mean politics is boring as it is, but I think the conservative side tends to be more on the practical end of things of how the government should be run, and then I think the left side just tries to amplify it, amp it up. While so saying they that, they, cover.
0: that they don't like government, which is the odd thing because they tend to want to control things. And yeah, and like you said, politics can be kind of boring. And I think after the 26. Uh,
1: the, yeah, that's uh, the thing is politics 26. is not really entertaining for the average, average Joe. It is so now. By, it, well, it, yeah, it, it is, is now. now. <laughs> after the
0: 2016 election, things changed. That's politics the thing is, is like
1: it got, it got interesting. It's like, whoa. Yeah, with, it's 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 absurd,
0: it's paradoxical, and it's it's just it's funny lately. So it's, it's a new form of entertainment, which all the people that are saying that they may run in the future, like only imagining. Like I, I know Kanye was talking about running after I think Trump's second term. And I haven't heard
1: of that, but that's that's funny.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's actually yeah, going go mean, through with it, but. I'm I'm, another person I heard I think that wanted to run was Dwayne The Rock Johnson and you know I don't know exactly too much. The Rock
1: is getting run for politics.
0: (laughs) Yeah he he said he was thinking about it so trying to imagine the debate for that like you know it's something that should be on Netflix at this point.
1: Yeah, I think there was a big... There were a bunch of them in California that did. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously, ended up being the governor. so...
0: Yeah, uh, celebrities going into politics. It's nothing new, but I guess... You it's know,
1: nothing new, yeah.
0: As we've gotten older, we, we're getting to see it happen for us. Like... Um, I know Reagan... Uh, Reagan was a movie star, I believe, so... That's yeah, exactly. he was an actor. Yeah, so... And Trump, he's been on television for forever, so... It makes sense. They have the popularity and the funding to do some, you know, to have some type of political sway. But yeah, uh,
1: if you're it seems like if you're not a career politician, you're not there. You're seen as the outsider. Right. So and I know.
0: Which is like quite a bit in the Democratic platform now, like people like Yang and Tulsi Gabbard are kind of getting pushed to the edges. Like, yeah, because um, they know. can't
1: they can't be controlled. And I was talking to Jason about this the other day. He that the way they control one another is through blackmail. You know, if if you're human and you have human impulses, they're gonna have dirt on you. And that's that's a big part of it is the whole so, Edward uh what's his name? Uh Jeffrey Epstein who didn't hang himself by the way <laughs> so i mean that was his whole thing is like he was in it for himself but he had so much dirt on everybody he was filthy rich and that's that's the whole incentive that was the whole incentive to potentially whoever killed him because he couldn't be controlled
0: (laughs) did you see i mean
1: he wasn't loyal to anybody
0: there's a movie, not a movie, there's a video going around with the, the Epstein meme. Someone um, managed to get this older woman to do a voice down in Walmart asking for a Mr. Clinton killed Epstein. <laughs>
1: so A yeah. voice down in Walmart? Who's
0: yeah, like well, a voice down over the uh, PA system. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so...
0: Basically, this it is an old lady who, you know, she's, she goes to work and goes home and, you know, do old lady things. She ends up getting caught up with this guy, <laughs> memeing her. So it was pretty funny. Will a Mr. Clinton code Epstein, please come to the front desk? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty uh, funny video. Uh, we'll post it in the description for anybody who hasn't seen it. We'll give a link to it.
1: Yes, yeah, did you see the the dog trainer guy, the one with the hero dog?
0: The hero dog? The, the one that they used on yeah, the raid for ISIS or Islamic State, yeah. whatever they call themselves now.
1: Yeah, that guy. He he dropped it. He was like he was going on about the whole raid thing or the oh. dog or something <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, Yeah, and Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself.
0: Yeah, I it remember. It was
1: smooth. It was smooth as hell.
0: That was, was yeah. Great. People are just mentioning that into everything now. It's great. Like politics it's It's changed now. It's, it's, it's entertainment, um, to a large degree. And, you know, uh, geopolitics is something I'm still kind of learning a bit about when I know at least me, when I was younger, um, I guess what kind of made my, uh, my shift to, well, I, I don't really like the terms left and right, but I'll use them for practicality's sake. I think that's another reason why people kind of shy away from politics is because the terminology is really confusing, like left and right, Mm -hmm. you know, there's supposed to be these relative terms to describe how a culture's ideology shifts their values. Like, you know, what's going in one direction opposed to the other. And, you know, who knows like where that term originated. You can actually find it in different um, fields of thought other than politics like um I was bored and browsing Wikipedia one night and actually you can see it in spirituality too like for the people that are into like the occult and magicka and all that there's actually I don't like,
1: know shit about that
0: I don't either <laughs> I'm uh <laughs> but I I'm a pretty open-minded person so I like to just kind of just see what people are thinking even if I don't agree with it
1: Yeah I like to know about it but I don't know I don't know that I would dabble in Yeah,
0: don't get me wrong. I don't dabble like uh, the I'm not trying to open
1: any portals into the underworld or nothing.
0: Right. You end up chanting something. And before you know it, Hillary Clinton appears behind you. No one wants that. (laughs) So
1: someone some demons. (laughs) I got enough of those.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But But yeah, you're saying about the political spectrum.
0: Oh, well, to to finish up the thought, like, they even have what they call left-hand magic and right-hand magic. So that's, that's kind of an interesting parallel to that way of thinking, like, you know, throughout time it's a, a practical way for people to kind of just have some type of terminology to show relative changes over the years or whatever, so the values their society has. But, that's uh, funny. I guess for me, the shift towards, like, the right is meaning that I value individualism and smaller government. Um, yeah. What kind of opened the door for that to a degree was Buddhism. I had a shift into dabbling into that and learning more about that. And it kind of actually, I feel like it it gave me a more consistent way of looking at the world. So once I was kind of learning more about um, to be basically responsible for my own actions, because, you know, the left... The left side, they generally, you know, they believe in something that they call in politics a positive rights, meaning that a person is they have the right to someone acting on their behalf, whereas the right believes in what they call negative rights, which means that you have the right to be left alone, which is where you, mm. get, you get the whole, you know, no steppy snake, don't tread on me, that type of thinking.
1: Yeah, I mean, you see that personal accountability echoed more on the right than the left. Yeah. Which is hard. It's fucking hard to, to look at yourself and be like, I'm a piece of shit. I need to change this about myself and then take action. I mean, it's one thing to, to think about it and internalize it and then make it to change. And then it's another thing to to just totally ignore your own faults and then externalize it to the world and say, oh, the world needs to change to conform to me. That's, that's more of the, that's more along the lines of the leftist. Yeah. Thought process.
0: And, <laughs> and what makes it even worse is now, since everybody's gotten so divided into identity politics, where they're just a product oh. of their own demographic, it's even worse because basically not every group tends to venture out from what is typical of their demographic when it comes to their their political voting style or you know their view of the world so, yeah well we all
1: we all like to group together for comfort you know and then the ideas are spread and you get echo chambers and
0: yeah which it's
1: hard to, it's hard to be an individual like to isolate yourself from people
0: yeah it is cuz it's, it's it's dangerous in a way because I mean you see this like in all forms of like people like human thinking that you don't want to really venture outside of the norm because you're you're on your own you know it's like once you get away from the herd you get picked off and even when it comes to like your values like if you don't think the same as everybody around you it's um like you said it could trigger them to be more critical of you or whatever because it's easier to point the finger than to think, hey, you know, maybe that person's on to something and maybe I should deal with this myself.
1: But... Yeah. And there's I mean, there's definitely correlation between competent and high IQ and conservative ideology. And then you have the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> which is funny because the, the left tries to point the finger at the right for being low IQ
0: yeah, and I—it's one of those things that I don't really feel like it's useful as far as like getting something across because you're basically just kind of slinging mud at one another. Yeah. So it's not one of those things that is really all that useful for a conversation to devolve into. No, you're low IQ. No, you're high IQ. No, this group is uh, overall lower IQ than this group or whatever. So, and you know, I mean, it's it's interesting information. And it's it's actually pretty interesting because, um, at least as far as, like, the left's values, you know, I think uh, Jordan Peterson has spoken about that they want to invert the hierarchy, basically. Mm. So, the only thing that really correlates when it comes to privilege, like, you know, privilege isn't something really that exists. It's the mm. only thing that you can really kind of point to that's kind of interesting is that privilege aligns with IQ. So... <laughs> That's one of those things that's like natural that you, for the most part, you can't change to a large degree, but that's not something that, um, you know, it has to, it's not something that can be resolved by everybody breaking up into different tribes and warring with each other for, you know, control of the government, basically.
1: Yeah. Well, you have self-made privilege, you know, if you come from a, a low income Uh, community and then you make something of yourself you know you go into business you you build your own business and then you make your own privilege essentially by becoming successful nobody handed you that whereas I think there's the other side that people are entitled that feel entitled to privilege no one owes you anything nobody nobody owes you anything
0: yeah and you that's know. a you know that's a more healthy and realistic way to look at the world because if you walk around with more of an entitled attitude you're gonna be very unhappy and pretty bitter after a while
1: yeah I think a lot of them are i mean that's what that's that's it that's a root issue because people don't know how to take care of themselves they don't know how to make anything of themselves, so there's that entitlement but yeah. it like i said it, you gotta you gotta take that hard look at what you're doing wrong because nobody's gonna give you anything you're just gonna be more miserable for it
0: yeah because expecting it yeah i guess for the left they kind of see privilege as like a kind of a fate thing like just because you're this or that you're gonna have like these advantages that determine that you're just you're fated for success or failure which you know that's not the case there's the shades of gray. and It's like getting dealt to. You know, your your genes are almost just like a a controlled hand that you're dealt because you know depending on how your parents choose to, you know, select their mate or whatever. But yeah, it, we it don't just, have
1: any any say in it, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't have too much of a say as to how you come into the world, but you know, once you're there, it's like, well, you you got to figure it out. You know, that's the that's the game of life. But just because you didn't have this or that when you started off, it doesn't mean it's not something that's, you know, impossible to acquire. So, and, you know, and I don't think using the state or the government to take from other people is actually the the answer. I think yeah. it's an immoral I mean, approach.
1: And, and it's also, it's not just, I deserve this. The entitlement mentality, but you have, okay, you got that mentality and then you have the self-improvement, which is like you look up to those people who have privilege and you say, how can I, how can I build that for myself? You know, it's like you see it as inspiration to want to further yourself instead of tearing them down just because you don't have the privilege. Yeah. Those are the two separate mindsets. One's one's destructive. One is actually constructive. Yeah, yeah, constructive.
0: So, so, yeah. That's uh that's uh I guess that type of that I'd say that would be kind of like uh something that was a big uh, perspective shift for me cuz I like I remember when I was more of a Because I I think it's normal for people to basically be socialist when they're younger because it's the easiest thing to say. And, like, you know, you listen to a lot of, like, leftists argue points and they kind of really can't really point to too much that's useful other than, well, I guess what what I mean is they can't really offer, like, a valid complaint when it comes to something other than accusing another person of being uh, hateful or something. And that doesn't really add up. And I kind of went through that when I was younger because, yeah, I used to think that, well, if we don't have the government do all this stuff for people, then they'll just die. <laughs> that, was a, that was a wrong yes. way of looking at the world. It was just like, well, you know, if we, if we don't have like uh welfare, all these people they will just, they'll just evaporate. They won't figure out how to survive, <laughs> But you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty, uh,
1: well, that's not how we got here. So
0: yeah, exactly. Like, you know, people were around before like a, uh, before welfare programs, so to say. So
1: that's the sad part about how good we have it now. Just as far as the timeline of human history, it's like, we have it. This is like the best time to live in. I don't have to do anything. I can order everything online. I don't have to leave the house.
0: And it's making everybody okay. miserable. It's <laughs> making everybody, everybody miserable. Everybody lonely and miserable.
1: That's People. what I think about. It. Like I have kids. I'm like, I have to teach them how to do stuff for themselves. Yeah. So they can either appreciate what's what's given to them or know how to take care of themselves when they grow up. Know how to do shit.
0: Yeah, and that's important.
1: But on the computer.
0: But like okay. even then, like when it comes to like I guess like economic privileges people would call it, that's uh that's kinda something that's changed. Like being poor in the United States is it's a pretty easy life compared to most of human history. Like,
1: uh, yeah, you got, you got people phones. living in the hood with <laughs> fucking iPhone 11s and shit. and
0: Yeah. So it's one of those things. And even then, like, um, I, I guess, like, you know, outside of, like, dealing with customer-facing jobs, a lot of jobs are, have gotten so much easier due to just technology changing at the rate it has. So it's, well, it's technological not...
1: Technological advances...
0: Yeah, and even then, like, automation, once that kicks in, you're going to have, like, less, less interfacing. Like, people won't have to do those jobs where you have to interface with a angry customer to drive through. You won't have, like, um, you know, clerks' lives in danger over a Popeye's chicken sandwich or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be a robot there that can, uh-huh. you know, be like, yes or no, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, McDonald's already has those uh, self-serve kiosks, so all they do is, like, slide the tray at you when when it's ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's, it's crazy because some people are actually protesting that type of thing. Like, they refuse to shop at places that uh, are automating, which... uh, Yeah, because
1: that that gets rid of jobs.
0: Yeah, but... it, It,
1: It takes away several jobs at that store, wherever that store is.
0: Yeah, and it's like it's, I'm
1: not getting paid to check out my own groceries here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not where's my check?
0: <laughs> well, it may tr- it may uh, end up like coming back to the consumer in some way, like uh if it's easier, more practical. Because, you know, depending on your personality type, I know sometimes I don't f- actually uh, want to hold conversation with somebody at the register. But That's true. It's yeah. Like, I just want to be annoying. Like, why why can't you be a, a robot too? <laughs>
1: yeah with those chatty Cathy's at the register yeah you, know, you don't have to say anything you just pretend you're deaf or something
0: yeah I just I point to my ears and shake my head like uh, here, just take card and give me my bags <laughs> But maybe
1: that's why those some of those people like uh, pretend they're on the phone yeah so that nobody will they're talk they're... to them which I used to think that was rude but now I'm like that's pretty smart yeah I mean,
0: if you're not in the mood to chat with people, yeah. I mean no one's really entitled to anyone's attention. So Nope. But um yep. kinda lost my train of thought. Um I was with the whole automation thing, that entire fear. It's not anything new. Like um I think like in Northwest Europe, I think in the eighteen hundreds or so there was a group called the Ludites and they basically it was pretty much the same thing. They feared that machines were, you know, going to take their jobs, as South Park would say. <laughs> <laughs> so they would go around and just destroy machinery at places to preserve jobs. But the machinery makes it easier. Like uh, me and a friend were talking yesterday, and uh, a while back one of my coworkers told me that downtown and some places in Dallas there's like restaurants where they actually have like a little remote control car that will deliver your food. Huh? So I've never, um, been to the, you know, to any of that yet. But, uh, one of my coworkers said that he saw that he ordered something on his phone and he was expecting like a person to show up. But instead it was just like this little bitty, uh, little, uh, ground drone or whatever coming with, uh, his lunch on it. So,
1: yeah, I, I think Amazon also is putting up those um, stores, where you just shop and you, you pay as you go. You don't even have to talk to anybody. You don't have to look at anybody. It's just you and the store shopping through your phone. And you're just putting stuff in the in your cart or whatever. Yeah. And you're scanning it and, and it's done. You're, you walk in and you walk out. You get your stuff and you go.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know a while back I, I heard Amazon was talking about using drones to deliver packages. Which I don't know if that's going to... That would be kind of cool, but at the same time, I hope people don't start just shooting at drones to to see what prize they get. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shoot a drone, get a prize.
0: Yeah, it's going to be like the, the 21st century. Uh, well, it's going to be like a 2020 version of Duck Hunt, you know, the old Super Nintendo game or Nintendo game where the dog would pop up with the duck. So that is going to be somebody popping up with, I don't know, a cell phone or <laughs> A hard drive or something they got out of the Amazon box.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, all the gamers, all the gamers will have the advantage because they've got that. They've got the shooting skills.
0: Yeah, and all the they
1: got the aim. <laughs> Where's my potato gun?
0: <laughs> so yeah, technology's made things a lot better too. Like, um...
1: so you're for it. You're for automation.
0: Yeah, I, I really don't think that that's. I think there's something that... It's inevitable regardless. Like, even if the... You know, we try to regulate things to prevent people from growing. I think people will just find a way. Because, like, let's say maybe some, some company or something doesn't figure out. If somebody... If an individual comes along and they figure out something that just works better, they're going to take advantage of it or it'll spread. And more people will use that instead. So... That's uh and that's kind of another thing that kind of shifted me towards valuing smaller government is because that competition makes like you know when the companies compete it makes the quality of life better for the society so
1: that, yeah it does capitalism baby
0: yeah that that works out pretty well, and when it comes to like um automation that's that's kind of why everything's so accessible is because people kind of can choose when they want to work like a lot of people quit their jobs and they started doing things like Uber or all these, these app employment things nowadays. So
1: yeah, but most of aren't a lot of them. It's a second job for them. Like it's not, it's not a a job that provides a sustaining wage. You can't really sustain yourself off of that.
0: Yeah. I well, mean, it's,
1: it's flexible. It, it is flexible, but I don't think it's quite there yet as far as uh, a living wage.
0: Well, I mean it depends on we're the, still like the in between, it depends on the quality of life you want, but yeah <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna
1: and who the gonna, fuck is living beneath their means these days
0: <laughs> which uh I don't know, I, I don't think, think I think it's uh it's not too bad to try to live as cheaply as you can, <laughs> but yeah it's uh yeah you're you're definitely not gonna be like doing Uber and then all of a sudden you know show up with the. $100,000 car or something to pick people up. No, But, um yeah, I know um, at one of the places I used to work, I know that uh, when my supervisor uh, was terminated, he ended up basically sustaining himself on just Uber for quite a while. So, and he said that he started making more money doing Uber than he did working there. So, for people that just like to be their own boss is a yeah. good option, but you know, technically, it's
1: all technically, that's not an automated job.
0: Well, it's not, but uh, I guess my point because was this, that,
1: like, the, the self-driving cars are going to knock him out of that that gig.
0: Well, th- that's another reason why I say there's no point in fearing automation because the technology gets better and people get to have more say. Like, I think technological growth empowers the individual so yeah like in that case it worked out for him but the next step automation is now it's just going to be a robot that can drive people around so there'll be something that he has to figure out how to do
1: yeah that's that's the thing is adaptability yeah you gotta adapt to to get to make a living you know if something takes your job away a machine you gotta figure out what's next that's yeah. what, that's what a lot of people had to do in the.
0: Got to build a firewall and keep the machine.
1: The out. <laughs> <Israelites>. <laughs> Learn to code.
0: Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and that's actually a good step because uh, some schools are actually doing that now. They're just kind of emphasizing more on teaching kids how to program because that's what the that's what the future is going to be. A lot of those jobs yep. are going to be in coding.
1: Yep.
0: But uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I wouldn't say that. I would think that we should. Stop automation just to to save jobs because from like people that know much more about economics than I do, it it, it just kind of changes things. Like people just find ways around it. So in the short term, you may have something happen, but it it doesn't really fix anything. Like I've heard a story before that um I don't know if it's still current, but I think in the state of New Jersey, it was required that gas stations have like someone there to pump their gas like they tried to use the the law to preserve that job so now that's something that the that's something that basically the customer's gonna have to pay for because now they're required to keep somebody on staff instead of pumping your 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 own gas you know yep so So yeah those costs always come back
1: hmm Yeah, I think Costco, Costco's prices are not, uh, because I just got a Costco membership, so I've been shopping there, kind of looking at at what the price differences are, if it's really worth it. I mean, it's convenient if you want to get, like, (laughs) reduce your trips to the grocery store, you just get it all in bulk there. But I don't feel like the prices are that much different compared to where I usually shop.
0: I haven't been to Costco yet. I've been... Trying to it's like f-
1: sam's it's like sam's if you've ever been to sam's
0: yeah a long time ago when i was younger uh my family they had a membership so i would go when i was like i think younger than 10 but i haven't been recently in a long time I've, one store i've been trying out lately is aldis i know because i yeah. usually send to shop at walmart and i noticed that uh aldis is actually a little cheaper when it comes to some things huh So yeah
1: but so so like i was saying about costco is that they pay their employees well like they, they take their, they ca- they take care of their employees. So they're not, I don't really think they make that much as far as profit, but their, their work environment is, is really good. It's like one of the, one of the best uh, companies to work for. Uh, that's
0: pretty cool. Yeah. And, and that's kind of one of those things that's happening now too. A lot of people don't really like their jobs. So they're trying to find other ways to make me, make ends meet. And that's another reason why I think technology is going to help a lot of people with that. It's also creating like a, you know, technology is kind of playing into how politics has changed things now. Like the government is always kind of striving to be the most legitimate source in everybody's mind of authenticity. So, you know, somebody like Trump comes along and starts calling stuff with a slap fake news. And then things like YouTube where almost anybody can be a journalist now because you don't have to worry about the uh, I forgot the body that regulates uh, TV media. Was it the FCC or something? But you don't have to to worry about Individuals. Yeah, everybody can just kind of report on stuff and everybody has cameras now so it's more accessible to figure out what the truth is or more to a story or whatever.
1: Yeah, people can just see the video and decide for themselves. They don't have to go to the mainstream media
0: yeah so i would say that that's kind of a you know (laughs) that's a case of that's a case where technology has kind of opened up more jobs for people opposed to making people lose them they just had to adapt so and you know youtube has gone kind of off the deep end with it because i I remember a couple months back that youtube said that they were going to change their search around so you couldn't really find the same sources of news as easily if they weren't mainstream the term that they use is they were going to prioritize um, displaying what they call authoritative sources. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> sounds like a sellout.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I don't, yeah. And I think that's something we're kind of in the, probably the last golden age of the internet now, because people are wanting to try and censor it because it's, it's disoriented the The culture in a way, because people don't know exactly where they, like they they really don't know exactly where to put their faith when it comes to news now, which i oh I, main I,
1: mainstream media is dying, yeah. it's fucking dying, it's dead,
0: yeah, so now that that's which, ha-
1: what? that's what YouTube is trying to correct is like they don't want people figuring things out for themselves,
0: yeah, they're definitely trying to give a <laughs> throw a lifeline to dying mainstream media. Like, and most of the viewers from mainstream media, I think they're just probably old people. You know, probably people that are not, uh just not uh, as, as uh, savvy when it comes to technology. So they really don't know anything other than, you know, turning on Channel 4 and seeing what's coming on and uh, whatever makes it to the news for them.
1: Yeah, well, you you have to, have to actually go and look for what you want to see. Whereas you just switch on, on TV, you just switch it on and, and, and change the channel, and it's there. It's coming at you. It's like just sit back and sit back and drink the Kool Aid, I guess. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's much. a lazy kind of a lazy convenient way to get the news. Yeah, whereas if you're online, you have to go and you have to search, and there's more steps involved and stuff. There's so.
0: A lot of flavors of kool-aid online (laughs) a lot of flavors (laughs) all the flavors yeah
1: pick your flavor
0: yeah because you know for if we just kind of go by what's on tv it's only like a it's a limited selection like um especially when it comes to news you know you get people that'll watch the rights version of the truth all the time and the left's version of the truth all the time so when you try to speak with each other it's like if you're not into politics and you don't think about it at like maybe a base philosophical level you, you really don't know, and uh, that's that's kind of the thing about politics nowadays. It's, it's become entertainment. It's important because yeah, you do need to know if um, you know if uh, there's going to be a terrorist attack or something, <laughs> like um, if some country is upset with us or vice versa. Yeah, I mean that type of stuff is important, but for the most part, a lot of the stuff now is it's almost just mudslinging, like. And I guess yeah. for me, that's that's, that's kind of what um kind of unplugged me from it a bit too was to learn what values I had and what what um political system worked the most for it. So I kind of made that shift into Buddhism. Kind of opened the door a bit for me to get into you know the right way of thinking a little more. So that kind of led me into you know libertarianism, which I I think that that's the most moral um basically the most moral uh, political outlook that i've seen somewhere between minarchism and anarcho capitalism so even if you know
1: narco capitalism
0: anarcho capitalism
1: oh <laughs> i was like narco <laughs>
0: narco capitalism we, we, we don't have we don't have a currency we just trade drugs <laughs> uh. Just go to go to the store and you, you trade like a block of weed for a phone or something. Narco capitalism.
1: I got some Adderall. Yeah, it's like okay. Well,
0: I, do you have change for uh, a kilo? It's like yeah. Well, I have uh, a few opiates here.
1: Smartering. <laughs> so, so anarcho capitalism. Yeah, I, I mean, but I it's think- like it it it's like if you're if you're an independent minded person and you're wanting your in, independence you don't want in, you don't want anything to come in the, in the way of you developing yourself like you want that freedom you want hands-off government
0: yeah. and I, I think a lot of people they really don't like the idea of what it means to be free because you know there's great potential to come with it but there's also like a lot of responsibility you got to keep into
1: oh yeah you could fail It's there's failure. It's if it's the fear of failure that keeps people I mean, yeah, keeps them in their comfort zone. Yeah. So then you just want to build up your comfort zone. That's that's our I mean, that's our. That's what we all are tempted towards being comfortable. You got to be comfortable. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And that's where all the growth comes in. Once you go outside of your comfort zone and you know, you get a little bit better. You fail a lot and then slowly it becomes easier and easier. Or you just figure out that this isn't meant for you. <laughs> you go do something else. <laughs> so
1: that's another thing, is like people don't don't uh they don't want to try because they they're afraid of failure. Yeah. But you can't you can't develop yourself if you're not failing along the way. You can't learn to walk if you're afraid to take that step.
0: Yeah, definitely. Being able to make that first step is uh
1: thats how you get good at stuff. Yep, you—you've learned from your failures, and but people are just too afraid to, to fail, which so. is why it took us a while to start this podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah that and trying to settle on a name so it's pretty cool that we finally have one now
1: well i had a little bit of choice paralysis there yeah i noticed (laughs) just pick one
0: so i I guess going back to the topic of uh you know just ideas that revolutionized the way of looking at the world um you know how do you feel when that? how do you feel about that in terms of i guess religion like Did you always have the same spiritual beliefs Mm. growing up or
1: I've always been kind of a a contemplative person, even when I was a kid. Like I remember when I first learned to write and stuff. I was uh my mom I think she punished me for something and I was like bummed out. And I I was just barely learning to write and I wrote her a letter. (laughs) I was like, Do you love me? Yes or no. Check yes. <laughs> Circle or one. Check no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, like she would beat me and stuff. And, and she was like, she was a pretty abusive, uh, mom. And, uh, I was just like, why did you even have me? <laughs> I was like three and a half or four. <laughs> so I don't know. I've always been like the, the deep thinking, uh, type and just, just real existential. So you never... Uh,
0: I guess you, did you ever believe in a god or
1: Well, she a... she was trying to to join something, some kind of community because she immigrated from Mexico. So, it was just her and my dad basically. There was no there was no community to speak of. So, um she was trying to find something. And so, uh she was Catholic and uh she kind of jumped around from church to church. She almost got sucked into the Jehovah's Witness cult <laughs> <laughs> and then she I think she kind of got a little skeeved by some of the stuff. So she then she she just um, uh, she backed away from that, but while she was in there she would read bibles bible stories to me. So I kind of have a little bit of a a background a there. And then I have the traditional uh nuclear family mom and dad uh upbringing. So tradition I'm I'm more of a traditional uh thinker it and uh so but spirit I've never really dived into too much uh faith based stuff. And it's only been since I want to say about a month ago that I kind of turned towards the Bible just to see what's up. Just to look see what's there. <laughs> see what's there for me. You know
0: see what's up. How you doing, see, Jesus?
1: This, yeah. <laughs> My dad, my dad is the spiritual type, though. Like, he kn- he didn't join a church or anything, but he would. Any time we would sit down to eat, he would always just stop and like take a second and bow and close his eyes, and like he wouldn't pray out loud, but you could tell he was he was praying. So he's always been that way. But that's about that's about the extent of my my exposure to religion. Um, there was a short period where I was going to uh, church with my cousins on the on Sundays. We were going to one of the big local Christian churches. I'll tell you about it later because I'm not trying to promote it or anything. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they can find it for themselves. But it was a big one and it was real popular. And uh, so I was going with her, but I think it was more of a a repentance thing because we were getting into some shit on the weekends, going to the clubs and. All kinds of shenanigans. Doing stuff and so, things. Sunday morning, we're all hungover and <laughs> just trying to, just trying to get right with with God or whatever. <laughs> but that was, I don't know, that maybe lasted six months for me.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's I guess that's another benefit of uh, religion too, is that it gives people you know a, a little bit of a culture to work around. So
1: yeah, it gives it gives them a sense of community you know, and it's wholesome. There's nothing, nothing. When, when it's a right, the right cult, I guess. (laughs) The
0: right cult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't really like the word cult because I feel like it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of useless when you think about it. Like, it's like, uh, basically ideologies fight for dominance and whichever one doesn't make it to the top, the little ones just get called cults. So.
1: Yeah. Well, there are some cults. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like, uh, if you join a group that says hey you got to give us all of your money or, scientology <laughs> scientology or uh <laughs> or socialism it's <laughs> going uh, yeah if you join like some type of cult that says hey you have to give us all of your money and you have to i don't know like massage our feet every thursday or something weird like that then yeah <laughs> then yeah you you're probably not going to gain too much out of that uh that group but you know whatever floats your both though
1: yeah, I'd never liked. I was never into the whole. Uh,
0: that was actually one of the first wh- protests. I when I was young and dumb, I went to a, a Scientology protest when I was uh, younger.
1: Did uh, you even know what you were protesting?
0: <laughs> vaguely. <Maybe. laughs> yeah, I was you like, were just kind of doing,
1: going along with the crowd.
0: Yeah, I was in my late teens, and uh, I think uh, around the time I think 4chan was doing like Scientology protests, so I ended up going to one with some friends. We,
1: was it one that was up north of where we lived
0: uh yes actually yeah yeah it was
1: yeah because i remember there was a church there uh, jason was. told me about yeah it's yeah it's anymore. gone yeah
0: so yeah we went and we wore the mask or whatever and i mean i guess my my thinking at the time in my uh my late teen mind which very underdeveloped was just basically i, I heard that uh i like psychology a lot and i think that um uh, I guess the way I saw it then is I thought that they were preventing people from getting help because uh, Scientology was very anti-psychology, which hmm. to some degree I can kind of understand that now because the humanities, at least in the universities, they they kind of taught with a slant now. So there's a lot of people that are actually cautious about sending their kids to learn things from, you know, schools because if if it's outside of, like, science, technology, uh, engineering, or mathematics, like the, the STEM route, then... It's you, ideology. Yeah, you're going to be getting programmed rather than learning how to do something that's marketable or useful.
1: Yeah, well, psychology started out... Good. Not yeah. science-based at all. Oh. It was just observational. And then they try to legitimize it by implementing more scientific approaches to studying people. But I don't really think that it's, I mean, aside from conducting, you know, studies and surveys and stuff like that. um, There's no real way to really measure. Well, well, I guess it's getting better with technology, as we say. Yeah, you but uh, there's stuff You're, you're still relying on the accuracy stuff stuff. of your instrument and the ac- your accuracy of the researcher and the subject. And because
0: people can lie and, you know.
1: There's yep.
0: actually people yeah. that so do it, that. They go to therapy just to mess with the therapist or whatever. So,
1: yeah, it's still pretty fuzzy. Yeah. I mean,
0: we're a young species. We're still figuring it out, figuring ourselves out.
1: <laughs> I actually I got into a little bit of a debate. Not a debate. It was pretty one sided. I was just commenting my ass off. Um, one of a there's a psychology channel on YouTube that I watch, and I was like, "How is this supposed to help people? Like, it's psychology for me is just like hand holding. I mean, I get that there's legitimate, you know, uh, disorders that people need to sort out and stuff, and and maybe get medication and talk therapy and, and, and trauma." You know, there's I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who just go to talk about the problems. And it's like, get a friend, you know, just find (laughs) if you had friends to talk to, (laughs) you wouldn't need to go to therapy. But I think that the psychologist is also in on it because they get a kickback. They get that mm, medical insurance money
0: it's kind of a it's a messed up byproduct like the so, the worst the sicker our society gets the more psychology is going to be booming <laughs> so yeah yeah the sad thing is like most people like a lot of people they may not have um friends close enough to talk about shit that's on their mind uh hopefully that's not coming through too loud it is it is <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i hear it
0: <laughs> okay uh it'll stop in a bit um what is that i think some people next door they're moving oh. so they may be thudding and um, plumbing and stuff going on up there who knows but uh, yeah perfect timing
1: <laughs> we got some construction going on at Mind Vector Studios <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah so it, it's it, it's sad because I guess a lot of people they don't really have those connections so in a way you're like kind of paying your therapist just to be somebody that'll listen to your thoughts because they may not have people around that they feel safe enough to share their thoughts with or that are willing to hear them or whatever, so it's, it's kind of a yeah, sign and thing. It's, it's such an right investment
1: out. too. It's like if you go and you you want to find a therapist that's good, you don't want one that's gonna tell you everything you want to hear. Like that's not a good, <laughs> that's not a good sign. Yeah, but uh, true. they keep it. They keep, They try to keep that that money train going. I feel like, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, the social sciences, sciences, that's, uh, I mean, I, I think they're interesting and I think like there's a lot we can learn from them. It's just at the same time, it's, the, it, they're still evolving. Well, I guess all science is always kind of changing and doesn't really mean anything. The more we try to understand things, that's always going to well, be a growing process.
1: Well, thinking about the medical community too, it's like doctors don't want to tell people how to get healthy. Because that's, again, kickbacks for them. There's no money in cures. Yeah,
0: and that's uh, another thing that's pretty difficult too, is because a lot of people nowadays they just want a quick fix and they think that there's some pill that's really gonna solve things for them. And yeah, I, I agree that I, that if you if you're just in chaos that the the drugs will help you just stabilize a little but if you don't do the footwork as far as your mind then it's only so much that the the chemical imbalance or whatever can help with so because the thoughts are where it all starts like the um the thoughts that you that come out of your mind that's gonna choose whatever uh, emotions start to arise and the emotions eventually will start choosing the actions so and it all starts with the thoughts in the mind and then they vector out into reality just got a, <laughs> a pun and a plug there for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a stretch but try to make it work while i was uh thinking and talking
1: i get you i get you
0: <laughs> but yeah it's true so like even if you do try to like numb out your feelings and stuff if you're still just having bad thoughts all day and your perspective is whacked out you're you're still going to feel it in some way it's going to still find some way to the surface
1: yeah but there's only so much you can do by just thinking your way out of something you have to actually take some concrete action and steps and then assess your your progress
0: yeah absolutely I'm not saying just I'm not saying delude yourself by any means it's important to (laughs) be realistic and make sure your thoughts are set
1: set some goals attack the goals and then take pride in what you accomplished and then move on to the next thing don't let yourself get don't let yourself stagnate yeah you know keep it going keep climbing that ladder and then the depression will just be a distant memory
0: yeah, exactly. Because I mean, uh,
1: it, it may it may creep up every now and then, but then you know what to do to get yourself going. Yeah. It's just getting that momentum.
0: Exactly. Like once you the kind of hard part. once you learn how to fight that part of yourself, like it's it gets easier as you get older and more more practice with it. Which you know that's yeah. only thing that's kind of sad now is because so many kids are you know suicide rates are going up, and people are all reporting that they have depression and anxiety and. I guess if I were to say, that's what got me into Buddhism was psychology. Because when I was younger, I was actually pretty religious. Like, I grew up in a um, you know, a single mother household, and my grandmother was super religious, which she didn't really know how to relay the good messages from it. It was just, uh, you know, don't do this, or you go to hell, don't do this, I'll beat you. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there was nothing really uh, significant I got from... Christianity at a young age because... You know, and I'm I'm not bashing Christianity at all because I used to be... You know, I used to be a believer in that faith. But... I think... Well, it's like with any ideology. If you don't really focus on the values, the good, then it can be corrupted. If you have bad teachers that just kind of confuse people that are impressionable, you know, it's... It's no longer useful. And uh, I I guess at least when I got older because... When I was really young, my grandmother just had me terrified that I was going to go to hell all the time. Like <laughs> it was so bad to the point that um, eventually I had learned some idea. I think it, I don't know if it was a Jewish thing or I don't even like you know all the the denominations. I don't know which ones believe in it, which ones say no, 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 we don't, we don't believe in that. But there was one belief that under the age of thirteen, your sins are just kind of tacked onto your parents or whatever. Hmm. So like if you died before you were thirteen, you would just go to heaven because you were still a a good soul or whatever. But I don't know. And then there's also some some you know, uh sects of Christianity that they just believe that uh well if you're not baptized you go to purgatory, if you're not baptized you go to hell or yada yada. So it's all different kinds of you know, outcomes um, and beliefs there. So I my, my, So Yeah, my- <laughs> At least, in, <laughs> I guess to finish up the story, in my case, though, I, I'd actually gotten so, like, brainwashed from my grandmother's bad interpretation of Christianity that I, I used to, I was so nervous when I was, like, 12. I'm like, oh, no, if something happens to me now. Now I can go to hell when I die. <laughs> so, <laughs> better,
1: better shape up. We are better
0: shape up. Well, it didn't yeah, no matter because time. we were, we were Baptist. So the way she was teaching me was basically just because I wasn't baptized. No matter what I did, I was going to go to hell anyway. So I'm like, well, shit dang but it, it mm-hmm. as i got older it made me want to learn more about it so that kind of got me to learning more about different religions and different ways of thinking and i um uh, i like psychology as well too which psychology and buddhism they they kind of crossed over because you know if you take all the like mystic and spiritual stuff the cosmology out of it you basically just kind of get a a guideline to to not be miserable. Things you can do here, here or there, and it helped me a lot when I was younger. So,
1: yeah, it's kind of a change in mindset. That that's the that's the common factor in all those, like any religion or any belief system. It's like you got to change your mindset. Yeah, a big thing that helped me was finding what to be grateful for, even in in like the shitty moments. Like shift shift your attention to the shitty thing and find the thing to be grateful about. Hold on, the kid wants something. Okay. okay. But yeah, just open the shifting your... <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Go ahead. Uh, I was just reopening everything. I kind of... We're still we're still recording.
1: Okay. But yeah, just shifting your attention from the shitty thing in that moment to finding the thing to be grateful about. That was a big huge thing for me even here recently
0: yeah and um
1: practice being grateful
0: yeah and buddhism it i guess for me like uh i think with christianity you had to kind of look more into metaphors to pull the values out with uh buddhism i feel like it was taught in a way that's just more direct like it it starts off the bat saying that hey life is suffering and you only suffer because you want stuff so Hmm. Try to learn to chill if things don't go the way you want, <laughs> and, yeah, I uh, feel
1: like it's more simplistic, more direct
0: yeah it's it's a little like harder me. to to uh to convolute so um, yeah with
1: there's a whole lot of nuance in in the narratives in the uh the Bible and stuff like that, yeah, so, kind of have to draw out the message. Yeah, and more.
0: With Buddhism, uh, learning about mindfulness and you know, psychology kind of adopts it too. Like, um, in psychology, they call it, a, you know, metaca- metacognition. Mm. These are all kind of like different forms of mindfulness where you learn to monitor your thoughts and to actually have conversations and dialogues with whatever you're thinking. So, if mm. you're somebody that's prone to negative thinking, if you try to be honest and you know keep in touch with reality you can kind of break apart some of the negativity like if you're somebody who thinks that man things never go right for me for me uh, you know if you if you really take that up, if you really try to debate that idea you know it's, it's pretty easy to say well that's not true your lung hasn't collapsed while you were thinking that did it because something's going right for you <laughs> <laughs> so you if you, yeah. you yeah. kind of keep things in perspective you learn that it, it's it's kind of harder to to stay in that bad mindset mind state once you start acquiring those skills so and that was something that i thought that buddhism was a little bit more useful at least for my my temperament my personality to uh to actually utilize opposed to just you know um closing my eyes and saying to the sky man i i hope this works (laughs) so Mm. but again you know christianity it, it has its own benefits too it's just i guess whatever works for your personality style
1: so yeah you, you just gotta take the good from whatever it is that you're you're looking at you take the good just take the good out of it but uh yeah i had to do a lot of reality checks when i was in some of the darkest times it's like okay no one's dying no one's bleeding you got food in the fridge and the heater works, and you're good in this moment. Or <laughs> or if I was pissed off at Jason for something, and, and he had no idea what the hell it was, and I, but I was just in my own head, like, being pissed. Like, he doesn't know this is what you want. He did, He can't read your fucking mind, you know? Right. I had to talk to myself about it. Yeah, so, okay.
0: and that always helps when you don't expect people to be mind readers. Hell no,
1: nobody's a mind reader. Nobody.
0: Right. I I know that people. That's a problem a lot of people run into with relationships.
1: That's a big thing I had to fucking get over. It's like,
0: (sighs) yeah, you gotta say what you want, and you have to state your your
1: needs. Yes, you have to ask. You can't just demand it. You have to frame it in a way that's like, hey, you know, I need this. can you do this for me? You you have to you have to humble yourself. (laughs) And I don't think I don't think women are really really brought up that way a lot of the times at least i wasn't and i feel like i see that a lot in other other women that they just they're just they're not they don't know how to ask for stuff you know in a way that's like equal just that you see the other person as an equal
0: (laughs) yeah i feel bad fix it what's wrong you should know (laughs) (laughs) exactly you know (laughs) And before you know it, you know, the, the guy's just like, uh, I, I gotta go have a drink.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's just, he doesn't even know why. <laughs> I feel like I need a drink all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be fucked up. You, you have to really figure it out. You know what what you need and then ask for it. And a lot of time it's like they're not going to say no because they love you. It's not. It's not that big a deal.
0: You just. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Because a lot of people think that. Loving somebody is enabling. So. If they do say no. Some people are kind of raised. Well they end up just thinking that. Oh no. They. They're not giving me absolutely everything I want. They don't love me. Or they're saying something Mm. that uh, hurts my ego. So. It's. You know. It's a. It's a skill. To cultivate. Appreciation. In all forms of life. Well, All domains of life i should say takes time Mm
1: -hmm. yeah even the bad stuff
0: yep so we are hitting the one hour mark for the podcast um i'm do you uh want to wrap it up now or you want to keep going
1: wrap it up like a present i'm good to go we can keep going okay the kids are (laughs) the kids are chilling so i'll take what i can get (laughs) We can split it up too. We know
0: not Yeah, that's a good idea. We can start episode two. We can in uh, yeah. this one here. Okay, so for everybody that did tune in, thanks for uh, listening. And uh, this is our pilot. We will leave. Um, I guess uh, more platform information in the descriptions wherever you find us. We're we're still kind of you know setting up the infrastructure for ourselves here. So um, we'll leave some places for you guys to comment. If you guys have any uh, questions, comments, or whatever, just uh, leave them on the site. And we're eventually working on a Discord server that we'll have for people to come in and leave comments or Q&As for us. And we'll try to stay active in, in reading them and getting back to you guys. So Yeah,
1: send us some funny, weird shit that you see online.
0: Yeah, so I guess if uh, you guys want to comment, l- let us know, like, um, <laughs> how did the did the 2016 uh, election, was that an enlightening moment for you, or did it change your perspective, did it make you more hateful? Hopefully not. <laughs> 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 uh, or any type yeah, of, uh, if you want to share a time when you went through a, a huge uh, change of perspective, we'd like to hear about
1: it. Yeah, let us know what you think. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Later.